When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Can you bring it a little closer to your mouth? Yeah. You're the only one that wants it. Usually people say pull it back for there. I like it close. I feel like it sounds very intimate. But Why it, wouldn't you want it close in your mouth? I don't know. <laughs> a hell of a boss. They learned to to do it my way. Is that a hickey on your neck? It, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not going to defend it. Vacuum? Uh, or is this sure. from a person? If you, if you call uh, a beautiful half black, half Filipino... A vacuum. Uh, the vacuum. Then, yeah, I got in a fight with real Hoover last Su- night. Suction cup of the mouth. You tried telling someone I just described like that. No. <laughs> Guys, today's guest, Brandon Rogers. They know. They fucking know. Uh, this. If they clicked on this video, Joe, they probably know who the fuck I am. And if they didn't, well, I'm just some regular f- you well, have to bleep that. Do I? I don't know. I can say it, but you can't. It's your show, so you got to bleep it. I can call you up. Got cut out. Yeah, but because you said it like a f- I didn't say it like that. I can say that. Sorry, word. sorry, sorry. You said it fatty. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking back at our old videos, yeah. and we've done quite a lot. When I type in our names together on YouTube, yeah, there's so many videos. Yeah. It's fun because uh, I don't have someone that I have this like real life lore with in the real world. Someone that like I get a like, I don't know. You're the only person I use as a punching bag, and like I, I love doing it. On like, there's a whole that whole video where I'm being mean to you. Sometimes I will watch that, and I'm like, oh, I miss Joe. Sometimes I watch it and cry. <laughs> yeah, it's nice, but but uh, look look at we're here still after all these years. Pretty sick. Did you think that I'd survive this long? No. <laughs> well, I don't think anyone did. Well, we've been we've been filming together. I don't for- think your wife thought you're gonna live this long. That's why she said I do. Oh right, she thought I was gonna tap out after She's four months. She's up there going, fuck, he's still alive. <laughs> He's still kicking. Nothing works. I use the pillow. I use the fucking. <laughs> How does he survive the bleach? Yeah, you, bleach is. Uh, I'm immune to that. So we've been friends for eight years, huh? It feels a lot longer. It's been beautiful. Eight years ago, you posted a hell in the hall monitor. I did. What was that like when you dropped that video? Did you know that that school tried to sue me? Shut up. Yeah, it's a Catholic school, and actually, uh, I was just doing um, a signing autographs last weekend in. Uh, Pasadena and someone came to my table and they said I went to that school when you filmed that video oh wow yeah and um we got permission uh in writing to to go there and film who'd you reach out to to get the permission whoever is their liaison to the public I, it was some administrator in the office um but eventually I think it went all the way up to the principal once they saw the video and of course the kids are going to watch YouTube they're going to see their school they're going to talk about it. a teacher sees it reports to the principal um, so here I am in my late 20s getting reported to a principal. Did you have to go uh, into the school? Hell no. <laughs> Brandon Rogers to the principal's office? We got to talk to you. No, they, it, w- I, they, they sent me an email and they said, um, remove the video or we will take legal action. And I asked why. And they said, well, you didn't tell us what the content was about. And honestly, if anyone's seen uh, Hall Monitor, Helen, it's, I mean, if that's, it's really not that bad in comparison to like the arsenal of shit that's on my channel. Um, so she sees the, this video, or he, I actually don't remember the, the gender of the principal, but they see the principal watches um, the video, hates it, um, writes me an email saying, uh, 
you it, that it was under false pretenses that you didn't tell us that this was going to be immoral and we will take legal action and immediately right there because my at the time i worked for a law firm so i take the email to my my boss who's the <laughs> you know he's a lawyer and he said oh well they just shot themselves in the foot right there with that word immoral because legally what's immoral it's a subjective word people can find snl immoral right and so because they're using almost like this religious stance at it this like like, oh, that's inappropriate. Like, what is inappropriate exactly? And so um, because the, the email seemed more like emotionally based off of like, how could you do this, young man, as opposed from like, well, this was not what you said. You, you know, Their wording kind of got them fucked. And so, uh, yeah, I, I just um, in so many words said, oh, sorry, like, I don't think it's immoral. And uh, it's your word against mine in terms of what is immoral. And... I was pretty like honest about when we filmed there. I sent them the link to my channel. I wasn't like some guy saying I'm doing something entirely different. I said I'm doing a comedy sketch at a school, and you know this is what I do for a living. And, and um, so yeah, they they uh, and that was that. I never heard back from them again. But it's uh, yeah, it's always been on the back of my mind of like they're building a secret team of lawyers after all these years. We need to take Helen me. down. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, but you know, I I. Uh, I don't know. I went to a Catholic school for a little bit. It was, was a, a Catholic kid. school? It was a Catholic school. Oh, yeah. I should have said that, huh? Yeah, they were very religious. Um, but, uh, you know, I I feel like I learned more from Comedy Central than I did from my time at a Catholic school. And uh, I don't know. I, I feel like they're trying to teach kids about ridiculous shit, and so am I. Uh, what, where don't you know, I've, I actually have a lot in common with Catholic teaching. A lot of it uses uh, crazy characters and crazy plot points, and they all have stories, good versus evil, who's going to win, right? At least mine, you get to you know, chuckle a little more. Did it scare you at all that you were being sued? No, because I had nothing to lose. Like, I was like, I mean, the video, they were threatening to take it down. But they couldn't even, do, they can't do that. No, and all and like it, they were it, just pissed that it was at their they're facility. Pissed and they were like, they were like, this can get us in trouble or something like like this can get. I'm like, how? I don't say what school it is. I don't show what school it is. Nothing in it is like me saying, hey, everyone, this school, this is what they think and feel, and you should feel this way about them. Nothing, no one's watching that video going, what school is this? Have no. you ever told this story on the internet before? I don't think I have. Well, maybe I have. Well, wait, it's exclusive. No, I heard you say no. No, does someone do a deep dive? I think I might have talked about this before. Wow, first time you ever talking about no, this. calm your tits joe you're going to research this and find this story probably five other places but the thing is um you know that video has brought so many people it, like i'll forget about stuff that happens and i'll go back and watch it it's just like for someone to watch a video that doesn't take itself seriously to that capacity and and for them to for their takeaway to be like like okay if you find it annoying whatever if you find click away from but like for someone to just take it i'm gonna write this email i'm gonna everything i worked for is at risk because of this i don't know i don't know what logic they had behind it but i mean just i can't imagine being that wound up to watch a video like that and have that kind of reaction have you ever gotten in trouble in another situation like that for filming because you do a lot of public stuff you've done a lot you're always on set somewhere and I feel like a lot of the times you do ask for permission. I do. The thing is, I'm not, I've never been an asshole about it. Especially like today, you see how people are just filming in public without asking people, and they get like millions of views. Essentially, forcing people to be actors in their videos without their consent, right? And then the, they they make a ton of money, and it's like it's like so. I I feel like I've never I've always you know even when we're filming in public, 
if someone's face is featured or even slightly recognizable, I, you know, I talk, I ask at least get their verbal consent. Um, but I don't, I've never, I've never been in trouble to that degree of, um, you know, something really scary or really, every time we film in public, I'm always very careful of not making people feel, uh, like they're being exposed or, or, you know, or being caught in a time, you know, because then eventually they're going to see it and then you have a whole situation on your hands. So, um, I don't know. I, what was the question? There's that video day in the park, 31 million views. Something crazy like that. Is it really? It's like, yeah, it's up there. It's insane. Congrats. Thank you. When you're filming stuff like that, you're at the park. There's so many people coming by, even day at the beach. Do you get people trying to rain on the parade and like, you can't do this here? Yeah, but but now it's easier to defend because back then filming really was something like they're filming here, but now everyone's got a camera out. So back then it was rare, you're saying? Back then it was rare. So if someone saw you filming, it was more of like a, don't do this. What this crazy, absurd thing no one does. Don't do this here. It's public. My kids, you're going to... Trust me, I'm not filming your fucking ugly kids. Secondly, now... <laughs> the ev- funny thing is you would say that to them too. And I I have said... Well, not in so many words, but I'm like, really? You think I'm filming you? I'm, I'm in this costume and you think you're what I'm filming? Fuck off. Nowadays, everyone has... A, you know, they're filming all the time. I mean, how often do you go to the beach or somewhere in public and you're in someone's video, you're in someone's photo, you're in... Everyone's a superstar now. Everyone's filming shit. So it's like... You do people. There's more understanding with security when they see what I'm doing. It's less of like, "What the fuck are you doing? You can't do this here." And more of like, "Guys, you can't do this." Here. Like, there's no mystery as to what's happening. As 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 opposed to when I first started doing YouTube, people would see me doing these crazy things in public and go, "What the fuck is this?" It's especially nice when the security people know who I am. They still have to kick me out because they don't want to get fired, obviously. But it's done with a sense of like. Uh, Niceness. Yeah, I got kicked out of Pepperdine University once, but it was the slowest kick out of my life as he pulled up on the truck. Joe, what's up? Uh, Gotta ask you to leave. And then then it's our duty to find compassion, right? Because then you you don't want to make them feel weird. Right. And and, and then it's this moment of like, okay, here's someone who's a fan of me. How do I handle them being forced to kick me out? And it's a very, it can be a very delicate thing because you don't want them to feel uncomfortable and then that's their takeaway was that you made them feel uncomfortable and when they were just having to so um yeah it's 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 nice when security recognizes me but then it's it's i then it's my job to like make sure i don't put them in a compromising situation because sometimes security will feel lenient to even kick you out at all if they know who you are so i don't want to get them in trouble it's nice when you go out to a club and security that's the nice place where they reckon because then it's like you don't have to pull out your id and then they go, I like your video. And I go, oh, I think. And oh, if a bartender record. Why am I gloating about this? I don't rely on fame to get me kicks. But if someone recognizes me in a place of where they can give me free entry to something or a shot, you know, or a free joint. I got a free ice cream once. That was See, probably the best hookup. You hooked up with them. For the ice cream, yeah. Straight people say hookup real loosely. <laughs> she gave me a free ice cream. What do you? What do the what gays a, say? Hookup is a very specific thing in my world. Like what? Like glory hole type hookup? Well, let me just say that if if your hookup was what my hookup is, I don't think you could be doing it in an ice cream parlor legally uh, or during daylight hours. Um, but uh, no, yeah, my like my dad says it all. Yeah, maybe you and I uh, can hook up around 2 o'clock. Dad. Dad, please. You don't know what that means. You don't know what that means. It's like, yeah, we're going to fuck each other. <laughs> You you film 
at a warehouse and you were filming you were yeah. finishing filming one day and you had to get out because there was an orgy happening later that night yeah that's actually i want to say you're <laughs> exaggerating but that's really actually what happened i what so where i where i where i film at my house at my house <laughs> No, um, a lot of the studios that I use are also shared with what? The, what? <laughs> a lot of the studios that I use are sex dungeons. Sex dungeons, um, yeah. Also, uh, <laughs> they're like uh, the saw warehouse type places where people are getting mutilated. And um, actually, I don't know. I mean, the places I film would be ideal to kill someone because they're designed to be, you can't like soundproof. And then it's like if someone's screaming bloody murder, even if blood gets on the walls, no one's going to quit. Oh, it's a Hollywood. There's blood. Oh, yeah, it's from a shoot. <laughs> anyway. Uh, no, yeah. I a lot, of the, a lot of the sets that I use are often used for um, orgies or porn. Uh, in fact, during Bryce, uh, I think it was the first episode, there's a scene where we're sitting around a table talking about cancers. And uh, we had to pause because there was... Uh, in the next room over, a furry uh, thing being shot. A furry porn? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Did you and guys check it out? Of course. What's it like? And also, they were checking us out, too. They would come out into our set when they would take breaks and watch us because they thought that we were interesting, too. They thought you guys were the weirdos. They thought we were the weirdos. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, we, we definitely were weirdos. But then it was funny because they were like half the fur costume. Like, they'd come out in half the suit and they'd be like, oh. Oh, what's this? And then we would like poke our heads in and look at what they were doing. And go, oh, what's that? <laughs> um, but yeah, all kinds of kinky stuff happens on on the stages when we're not there. I, I film a lot in hospital sets. You'd be surprised what kind of things you could do in a hospital. I didn't realize until I saw one day they were cleaning up before we filmed in there. The, the staff was like wiping down everything, and they're wiping down parts of the hospital set that I didn't know you could use. I was like, oh, like stirrups and things like that. And I'm just like, oh, that like, it, it, I think it's kind of funny taking medical equipment and over-sexualizing it. <laughs> and like the stirrups became a fuckable place. And then like the fucking, the scale had like, like lube on the top of it because someone was holding it like this while they're getting, you know, uh, hospitals can be sexy and we, we've made them so not. But I think we should make hospitals sexy because that's, for most of us, the last place we'll ever be. I'm going to make that a hat. Make hospitals sexy again. I'm going to die in a ditch because I don't want to die in a fucking hospital if they're not sexy. Yeah, fuck that. No. <laughs> Find me in a ditch. I'm going to be fucking uh, diddled ass, torn, stretched open soup at that point. But at least I won't die in a hospital. <laughs> what was the most expensive shoot day you ever had? Oh, you were there. It was when you raised your feet. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no. <laughs> when I raised my feet? No, your feet. Um, oh, my feet. <laughs> uh, no, but you were there, though, that day. Uh, Joe, you bitch. <laughs> uh, you were there. On my, it was, it was um, the Blame Blah, the Blah, 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 the Clown, the documentary. That that shoot day was the most expensive, probably, of my whole career. Be well, other than Magic Funhouse, but that was an actual show that was produced by, like, television. And that and wasn't the, my money. Right. So, to me, it was cheap. But, um... But uh, yeah, no, that it was the it was the blah blah the clown documentary. It was in the courtroom. Do you remember that courtroom scene? We had one day to do it, so I had to cram all of our scenes into one day, and we had um, so many like big names. There was uh, Jack Plotnick, Anthony Padilla, Trevor Wallace, Marlon Webb, um, and and among other just actors that in general that are you know, I mean everyone there was paid, and then the set was really expensive. We were there for a long time. There was just a lot of moving pieces, and we were about to go in lockdown. If you remember, it was we shot that around January of 2020, 
And uh, I remember being like, it's a miracle that I got all these people in this place at the same time. I don't know if we'll ever be able to even do this. You know, if we go into this lockdown that's going to happen, I got to just shoot this all now. So that's why we did a whole day uh, with all those people. Uh, and I think it was like nine or ten hours. It was a long time. Um, but yeah, I was pretty broke after that. <laughs> What's a set cost like that? Like a courtroom set? That one was particularly expensive. I, I um, my price range is really like, I mean, Pure Space is pretty much my go-to. They they have like almost any kind of set I need is in my price range. But that particular set was, was uh, quite expensive. It was like, uh, I want to say it was three or four hundred dollars an hour, and you had to get a ten-hour block. Yeah, that's bananas. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that was my bank account. <laughs> that's crazy. That my next question it was, was <laughs> bone dry after that. You you do everything on your shoot days. You're the director. You're the yeah. script supervisor. You're acting in it. You're doing all the blocking yep. for everybody. And it's not like everyone's there the day before to see what they're doing. So you have to run over everyone's lines with them and make sure they know what they're doing in each action. How do you maintain all of those skill sets while trying to make sure that the video looks good? When Disney built Disneyland, uh, to him it was about the whole experience. He talked about, it's not about, you know, are the rides good? Is the food good? Is it clean? It's just, what was the entire takeaway when you from when you walk into that park to when you leave? It's that overall experience, and you feel that. It's not like you like it for any one particular thing. When you go there, you're in another world altogether. And I think with, the, with, with stuff like this, it's very like that's exactly the approach I take. It's not about well, I gotta find an editor. Well, I gotta find it's no, I gotta just learn what to do to make this thing exist. And it's that that's been my philosophy ever since I was 15, 16 years old. I learned iMovie and I realized I don't need like if I can edit, I I just really need the equipment. That's it. And I don't and it's not that expensive. It's camera, laptop. You know, and and then I realized, well, then all I need to do is just learn how to write. And then all I need to do is just, and this is before YouTube. Well, YouTube was technically around uh, shortly after, but even then it was, you can learn stuff from it. It wasn't like you could just, how do you, you know, it was still just like random sketches and comedy and stuff, you know. So it was really, learning stuff was not easy. And people ask me now, like, how do I learn how to do, how do I, what are, like, just do it. You know what I mean? Just because People think that there's all this, like, I didn't have any resources to learn. I had a, um, a film class, which really isn't, that. it sounds more illustrious than it was. It was a, a classroom where we just had to sit on, we each had a computer, and we had to learn iMovie individually. It really wasn't a class. It was just forcing us to be in front of a software many of you have in your home already. And um, if I didn't just sit and learn the software, I probably wouldn't be doing what I am now. But... This episode is sponsored by Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning platform available on desktop or as an app, and that it truly immersifies you in the language that you want to learn. Maybe you have an upcoming international trip or you want to connect with a family or a friend. I know a lot of people who want to learn a new language just to pick up a new hobby. I can personally attest to this as I used Rosetta Stone when I went to Italy for my honeymoon. It helped me brush up on the Italian that I learned back in school and I was able to get through the land and speak the native language. It made it so much more fun, plus my wife loved it. They're the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish. There's no 
English translation, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language. Plus, there's lifetime membership and access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off a steal. Don't put off that language learning. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Lightweight's podcast listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language learning courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. It's the Joe Guarantee. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking we could pull one of the best autographs in the game, but guess what? With zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. What I love is the display of the available cards, the hit rates, and the grading. Arena is a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying. And with Arena Club Slab Packs, they're revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your pulls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. You can have them officially graded by Arena Club. The Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent, with a full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have to check out. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash lightweights. Wow, that's a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's $40 right there. Anyways, go to arenaclub.com slash lightweights for 10% off your first purchase. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Yeah, it, I think it all begins with editing, filmmaking. It's, it's editing is the first because that's the cooking process, right? When you're an editor, you know exactly what kind of takes you need. You know exactly what you know what scenes you need, what shots you need. You know what sound you need. You know every ingredient you need to throw it together. So when if you know how to edit, everything else, in my opinion, is really just like skills that you just keep doing. Oh, makeup, you know, hair, costuming. You know, those are. Just, you know, things you just, you, you, everyone kind of knows what they need for those things. I think the more you do it, the more you're going to get better at it. Um, and there's certain things that I know that I'll just never be perfect at, or at least if I want to do the directing, writing, like, like makeup, for instance, if I have a group of people on set and I don't have time or my assistant doesn't have time to do their makeup, I'll hire a makeup artist for that day. You know, it's, it's knowing when to delegate versus like how much you can realistically take on, um, and I think, yeah, as long as I get the editing covered, uh, everything else feels so simple. Uh, but editing is, well, except for writing. Writing writing is equally hard, if not tougher than editing. Because writing uh, has to come from here, you know. and Well, everything has to come from here. But writing particularly is like, if it, w- if it was easy, we wouldn't be having the you know, strikes about, you know, it's like, it, it is the epicenter, it's the seed of everything, you know, but then the post seed is what ties it all back together. So it's like writing and editing are like the two. And if you can do those two things, like, don't make any excuses for the bullshit in the middle, because that's all the easy stuff. 
Yeah. Do you still edit everything yourself? Everything. Everything. I don't let anyone touch what you, I do. You blew my mind. Do you remember when I came over to your apartment and you were showing me your editing process and you were doing it on iMovie? I still do. Because I went to school and they were forcing us to learn Avid and we had to learn like this crazy, they're like, if you're ever in a newsroom, this is what they do it on. You need to bring it in here. That's what I hate about schools is they act like it's a set time period. It's a plateaued a permanent time period where it's like this is how things are done yeah maybe like now or yesteryear but like because I, I was the same way i dropped out of college i went to t i, I was studying um like broadcasting and like television and they were like this is what you need to know to be like you know on television or to or to be an actor or to be a filmmaker what this is how what you need in the industry it was this it was kind of this false promise of like because if i if i had gone by their bible you know, and, and did exactly what I was told to do in college, I wouldn't have the flexibility to adapt to the world that we're in now. Like, this wasn't around fucking when we were in college. This, this, what we're doing here? What, how would you describe this to someone in 2010? Like, it's like a radio show, but we're on, to, but it's also can be live, but also we're talking about what people, it's, influencer like everything is so new it's so so to say that like this is a certain way you have to learn things that's kind of bullshit because who knows it tomorrow if that's going to be the best way to do it i really stopped trying to learn algorithm tricks for youtube like back in the day it was all the rage to learn when do i upload when what, what's the best time what's the best audio what the, and now it's just like i've had videos blow up 10 years after i upload them you know and honestly i i, I just feel like what stands the test of time is if, if the work is good um, you know, cause it's like, I'll, I'll have made videos 10 years ago that didn't fit what the algorithm wanted, but I'm like, damn, at least I made it good because now it's blowing up. You know, it's at least it, I cared about it to make it decent. Um, so I don't know. I don't know how I got on this topic, but I meant everything I said and I mean it make stuff good, make good stuff. Everyone says, what kind of videos should I make? Make stuff that's good. I, people think I need to make stuff for everyone else. That's not true. Cause then they're not going to like it, and you're not going to like it. Mm. No. Hell of a Boss got famous because Viv made what, what she wanted. She didn't give a fuck what anyone wanted to see on TV. She made her show, that the one she wanted with the characters she was attached to. And, you know, and I think people can sense that authenticity. I think, I know, it's palpable. You can cut it with a fucking butter knife. You know? She just posted an episode yesterday. Is that season almost done now? Uh, It is... No, we uh, it's 12 episodes. So there's still two more coming. Fuck, it's 12 or 14. Oh my god. It's 12, I think. Is the Hell of a Boss fan base like crazy hardcore? They are Yeah, I mean, I don't I I've never I, well, f let me put it this way. I've never been at the epicenter of anything this uh radioactive before. <laughs> it's such a crazy fan base. Yeah, it's I, they notice every detail. And it makes you feel like nothing's wasted. It makes me feel like when I'm writing a script, nothing's going to get go over their heads. They catch everything. And it's so satisfying as a creator to know that everything you make is being savored. Are these ASMR mics? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Fart, poop, whatever you want to do into no, it. Oh, no, God. That's what you do. Is that what you do? To that one, yeah. That's my poop mic. <laughs> That's your cum mic. Tastes look good. Tastes good. Oh wait, no, it is the poop mic. You just had cum in your poop. <laughs> <laughs> is for a hell of a boss. Do you ever get recognized for your voice when you're just talking to somebody and they're like, "You're Blitz." Yes, but that reminds. Uh, so the other day I was driving and I saw I saw someone dressed as Blitz, 
For Halloween? And, and, uh, or was it just a regular day? Uh, no, it was at a convention. But I was driving to the convention. Someone was walking to the convention dressed with – you see the horns and they, they had the whole blitz get up on. And uh, I, I pulled over up next to them and I rolled down my window. I said, Blitz! And he looked at me. Didn't recognize – I'm assuming he didn't recognize me. He looked at me and he went – and kept walking. So I'm like, it, the voice doesn't work all the time. <laughs> oh, and the, and the TSA. At the TSA – uh, the 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 guy putting me through the metal detector, you know the the ones that wand they look at your balls and shit. The, he told me that uh, he saw I was wearing a hell of a boss shirt. He goes, "I love that show." I said, "I'm him." He goes, "Okay, cool." Like like he like he didn't I like like I don't know if he didn't believe me or what. So I'm I'll, him too, buddy. I'm in, yeah. Okay, all right. Me too. Get the yeah. So uh, yeah, he's like, get past the detector. Let me dig around in your ass. Um, I yeah it, it, it sometimes work and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't but uh, I like to think that my voice is, is recognized. Well, I heard you watching one of my videos when I walked up. I said that's me. It sounds Blitz sounds exactly like you. Well, yeah. <laughs> and people say they go do the Blitz voice and I'm like I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right here. I'm right here. <laughs> um, no, there is a distinction. I mean, Blitz is always Blitz is definitely my voice, very very warmed up. You know, when I go into the studio, I have to, like, joke and laugh and kind of, like, have a coffee break before I go into the booth with Richard. And Richard Horvitz, you know him from Billy and Mandy, and he's Zim from Invader Zim, uh, Power Rangers. He's done a million things. He's our director, vocal director for the show. And uh, when I get there, he's so amazing at just being able to get my voice warmed up. Like, like we're talking, you know. By the time I leave here, my voice is going to be sounding different. It, it's actually really interesting. If you go on any interview, you can go on this one. Go back to the beginning. Listen to what my voice sounds like. Go to the end. Listen to what, you know, both of us. Your voice does change the more you – if you talk for like a solid hour. And so <clears throat> with Blitz, I, I talk a lot with Richard and Vivian and the whole crew. And then when we're laughing and joking, we write our coffee. Okay, get in the booth. And then he's Blitz. But I cannot just start as him. So do you have vocal warm-ups for Blitz? Yeah, it's just that. Just just me, like, just talking. Just, sometimes I'll be driving and I'll... Ah, 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 or, like, I'll sing along to a song. Anything to get my, like, vo- voice uh, or activated, you know? Do you watch past episodes to get into it? No, because the thing is, I... I, um, I know where... Like, the voice comes from a very authentic piece of me. And... The butthole? I mean, the butthole, yeah. But you know what I do have to do? Sometimes I have to... Yeah, the whole time I'm in the recording <laughs> Hey guys, it's me, Blitz over Did here. You get the take. <laughs> um, no, he, uh, he's, he's, some, you know, with some of my other videos, I have to go back and be like, okay, am I still doing this accent the same? Like, I have to make sure I'm doing it consistently the same. But with Blitz, it's so uh, gutturally like a part of me that I, it, it's consistent, you know, because, uh, because Blitz is almost like the voice of me um, if I've had way too much coffee. And I'm trying to be funny, and I'm not landing it, so I'm just trying harder and louder, and it's just because yeah, I've been there before. I don't know what it is. Do you ever? Are you ever like that where you just you're at a party or you're in some social setting and you're just trying to be funny, and they're all duds, and so you get louder and kookier and weirder, and then you realize I'm just drunk and trying to be funny. I don't really get invited out much, so no. You also don't try to be funny very much either. Do you think you would have ever been able to do what you do with? a partner for as long as you have it no someone did try to be a partner when i was in college it was uh, my channel was like two or three years old he actually reached out to me uh, a few months ago 
I had to change my phone number because of him. He reached out to me and uh, was just was just like, hey, fuck you or something like that. Yeah. Or something. They just text. Oh, no. He said, is this still Brandon Rogers? I was like, yeah. And goes, oh, you responded? Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I, cause I still had his number, and 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 I was like, hey, how are how are you? And he goes, fuck you, piece of shit. He he, uh, in two thousand nine, he wanted uh, to to uh, I don't even think this story is that interesting, but he wanted to do a, a like a partnership channel. He wanted to basically like join me, in, but he didn't write, he didn't edit, he didn't do anything. He was really pretty and very good looking, and loved being on camera. And so um, that's the only time I've ever really. Uh, what did he even want? Just to be like to have like two people on the channel. He Sorry, wanted to- was his text to literally just say "fuck you." Yeah, yeah. Oh, and then and then the next day, like my number was posted on something, and that's why I had to change it. But uh, so he like he like basically said "fuck you," and then he posted my number somewhere, and then I was getting all these texts being like, "Is this Brandon Rogers? Is this Brandon Rogers?" And I was like, "Shit, he didn't." He's still that petty. I mean, in my mind, he's like college age still, but like I'm, I'm like, no, he's my age now. So he's like a full ass grown thirty five year old adult doing this shit. <laughs> so, anyway, what do you think of you being thirty five still doing what you're doing? I'm very fortunate to have been doing it this long, but I also got into it for that. Like I knew I was in it for the long haul from the very beginning. I knew that when I started this channel, I wanted it to be a place of comedy. Um, that people could, you know, like I wanted this to be, if possible, my life in some way or another. I didn't know that it actually would be, but I knew that I wanted to do this for a long time. And I think when a lot of people, when they started channels back then, I don't know if they went into it and I could be wrong, but I don't know if everyone went into it with this, like, this is going to be, you know, a thing, a a plant that I'm going to water and keep for a long, 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 long time. And, um, I was always in it for the long game and even, you know, I, I'm so so here I am now I'm like uh, well fuck I'm still here but I don't know I I it's been like a child of mine I feel like it's in the sense that it's something that I've nurtured you know I created and I've nurtured and it's been with me and you know now is old enough to help me you know the channel is something that gives me life and gives me and you know so it's almost like when the kid takes care of the parent and um I don't know I uh I mean how do you feel about it you've been doing it for how long same time 2006 i love it how old are you 21 yeah that's right because i'm 19 (laughs) i well i'm 18 actually sorry i was i was off because i'm younger than you oh so that makes everything we did last year illegal (laughs) (laughs) i'm i'm 33 and I, i remember making videos when i was 16 i remember we i used to take my dad's digital camera out of his closet and I would I would use it for the day, uh, and then I'd bring it back. But then my videos started getting more and more intricate to where I need the camera for like a reshoot the next day, so I wouldn't uh, put it back. And then he'd look for it. He'd want he'd know that I took it. He'd get annoyed because I'm not responsible with things. I would have broken it or something. But I would take it to my friend's house, and I remember filming him on his basement couch, and he was laying there, and I scared him, and I uploaded it it was like a 22 second video and it got like thirty thousand views holy shit what year was this 2006 or 2007 Thirty thousand is massive for that time and i was just like what like i remember the the amount of reach that that video had of just me scaring him with no context and he just jumped and it was we filmed in his basement i was like this is the coolest thing ever this was youtube you posted it youtube wow and i thought it was just the coolest thing and that's how i got hooked like coolest little square video you ever shot it was unreal it was 
unreal. It was the wow. worst quality. There was yeah. no context, but I just uploaded it and I thought it was awesome. I remember the milestones of YouTube getting to like uh, when it became rectangle, you know, the, the the aspect ratio change. And then when like it became HD and then you could upload longer than 10 minutes. And Do you remember you used to get medals? <gasps> I forgot about a uh, go. Uh, well, was that that was during the five star period, right? Where you can it, rate yeah, all- it was during five star when you rated it one through five star. But when you would upload a video, let's say you were like the most viewed video in comedy for that day, you got a medal. And if you were the most viewed yes. for like that week, you had another medal and you would have like different medals. And at one point I remember I had like five medals on there. I'm like, I'm hooked. I'm addicted. This is so cool. I was never, I, I never, I don't think I got any medals. Really? Yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't have, I wasn't a big channel for a long time. But I, your, didn't your channel blow up overnight? Kind of, yeah, but that was back, that was in 2013 or 2014, 15, 2015 is when it blew up. So um everything before that was kind of a it was a slow fizzle up to that point but i didn't really i wasn't featured on any like front page or top whatever i wasn't but uh i remember the i remember the medals i remember video responses do you remember that yeah but i never did any i never i liked those i liked being like because it would it would for those of you who don't know in the comment section there was you, there you could post either a comment or a video so like vlogging was really popular just people sitting and talking to their camera so then people could sit and talk back in a video response so basically like watchable comments essentially and uh i i made i made a lot of friends through those video responses because it gives you more personal like feedback to your work you know it's very low committal they just click record response hey that was a funny video when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bloop. Boom, it's in the comments. I miss that. Like, they, that would be cool if there was a feature where, like, you're watching a YouTube video and, like, you want to, like, leave a comment, but you want to just say it and to, with your face. And you could just, like, write a comment or just say a comment and be like, that video fucking blew. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh, maybe that's why they stopped it. Probably. A little too harsh. <laughs> a little too harsh. <laughs> oh, my God. Damn. I, um, um, ask me more questions. You have a bunch of different side quests. You... Do stand up tour, you yeah. do comic cons. What's your stand up tour like when you're going to all these different cities? Is everyone just so welcoming? Oh yes, it's always an amazing crowd, and there's always that risk of like, oh well, like you don't know what this crowd is gonna be like. You know, because I go to a lot of different cities. I like going to new places too. Stand up comedy is a great way. If you can tour doing anything, it's a wonderful way to see the world or to see at least just the country. Is it pretty lucrative since it's just you? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's really just me and my assistant and my, uh, I have someone who, uh, like a tour manager that travels with me. So it's the three of us, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we get really good crowds and it's in it. It's always amazing when you're on stage and you just can't see the back of the audience. Like it goes into the darkness. It's like, you don't see where the seats stop. Right. And you're just kind of up there and you don't really see a lot cause you're usually blinded by everything. But, um, I love it. One time there was a venue one of the worst venues I ever played at. Everyone there was nice. The staff was very sweet. Everyone was very friendly. But they shared... Actually, no, this was the worst venue I ever played at. Yeah. There was a bathroom 
It, okay, so imagine the stage like this. There was no backing to the stage. It was oh yeah, just, you told us last time. Oh, did I say it? Yeah, I would go in the bathroom and and I interview the people. Or like, yeah. Oh, good. I was like, should I say this now because I'm afraid that that's like that's that's inappropriate for me to say that I went in the bathroom with a microphone, but I've already said it on here. And so. you're still here. And I'm still here. <laughs> what you you've been on the internet for so long. I feel like so many people have watched you and like really grew up with you and loved you. Have you had any cool stories from people of the years that they've been watching you? Yeah. there. Well, comedy is uh, an emulsifier for all kinds of people. You know, it's like sports or pizza. You know, it's like something everyone kind of likes. I, I hate sports, but um, you know what I mean? And it, it can be important to help siblings bond, to help parents and kids bond. I bonded with my dad through funny movies, quoting TV shows, memorizing like Austin Powers and stuff like that. Um, and it's really touching when you hear other people in the world who have had that same experience from your work. Because um, it, it, you know what, what digesting that feels like when you and someone you love can share funny quotes. I you... quote I quote your video all the time. Oh, uh, wait, wait, which one? The... I just look at people and I go, a child. A ch <laughs> and like the response rate isn't that good because it's so out of pocket. But every now and then I'll get that one person that's like, oh. I, yeah, I've done that before too where I, I a child. And then so, if someone doesn't get the reference in public, they'll be like, what, why are you just saying a child? I'm like, it's the one thing worse than a rapist. <laughs> I have to say the following. <laughs> I have to say that to wrap it. But wrap like it as if that's going to make it better. <laughs> what are the Comic Cons like for you? I, I haven't been to Comic Con since I did Magic Funhouse. Conventions in oh, general. Oh, sorry. That's what I meant. How yeah, are the yeah, conventions yeah. for you? Conventions are fucking great. It's, it's, I am still relatively new to the convention circuit, but, um, it's like a traveling circus. You'll see the same staff in Chicago as you did in Boston, as you did in you know Pasadena. These people just travel all over the country. Like some people do it every single weekend, and uh, it's it, it's like a home away from home. Once you start to get to know the staff at these different places and they become familiar, you know, then suddenly you have all these familiar you know people in in a in a very foreign place you've never been, and it's nice. Um, I love conventions because I love any place where people can feel safe being their weirdest self. I'm a big advocate for people being as much of their true self as possible. In conventions, there's no judgment. You walk through those doors and everyone is in their cosplay that they worked on for weeks or months or years. You know, these beautiful costumes. And um, and not they're not just costumes. They are representations of these people's obsessions, of their innermost love you know and it's a place of vulnerability because it's not always uh you know not everyone has the confidence to say hey world i like this thing and at a convention it's all that people are doing so it's an extremely safe space to just be yourself to and to not feel judged about what you like or love and it's a perk that if you know the cast of what you love is there then you get to meet them and get stuff signed i like being a part of that because you're literally in the business of giving people happiness. You know, people show up and they're happy to see you. I worked in Best Buy for a long time when I was a kid. Like, you know, it was my first job and I got used to people in line being so miserable. They were waiting in line. They're not happy. They just want to get to you to get out of the store. So, like, conventions feel like the opposite of that, where people are excited to have gotten to you after waiting in line. And, um, yeah, and, you know, on a much deeper level, conventions are really 
helping me psychologically because working in retail for so long as a teenager, it really fucked me up in terms of how I saw the world. Because I was seeing the world from a new perspective of like, wow, the biggest lie I was told was that when you grow up, you grow up. Like adults were the most petulant, immature, impatient people who didn't care about you. You were just someone in a, in a name tag and a blue you know shirt to get their stuff, you know, stuff rung up and out the door. So going to conventions, it, it reminds me that like, no, the world is full of p- good people. And there are people who um, love each other, love you, that are, you know, there to just have a good time. And they're not just seeing you to get out the door. And, uh, you know, every time I come home from a convention, I'll pull up and I'll just sit in my car and I'm just, I'm, I have to just absorb, remember how you feel. Remember like how good the world made you feel today. Remember that there's like nice people out there. So, you know, anytime you're having a bad day, just remember this is really what the world is. Not Best Buy, not, I don't know, you know, when you're scrolling through Insta, it's like, no, those people, and they're real too. You know, they're not like, they're, they're people who, they're not rich or poor or, or, or maybe they are. They're like from all over, you know, they're, they're not just one type of person that comes up. And so, Anyway, I like conventions because they um, they make you feel super well-rounded afterward. I don't know. I'm rambling now at this point, but I've never explored this out loud. And I think, yeah, this is how I feel about them. Do you ever geek out over the people you're next to? Of course. Of course I do. Like who? Uh, I don't know if I talked about this last. I feel like I might have talked about this in the last one, but um, like the cast of The Office or uh, Giancarlo Esposito, if I... I fucking hope I'm saying that right sits down right next to me and we had lunch together and then two tables over there's William Shatner and then across the room fucking Susan Sarandon and I'm thinking to myself I'm among these I'm allowed to be among these people in this situation I'm nowhere near them but in this situation we're sharing the same fucking food that's cool and uh, I, yeah, it's hard to not nerd out. And you have to, because you're there with a sense of like, well, I'm, I'm here to do a signing. I'm here because people like me and I have to, you know, be there for them. But it's really hard when you're at that booth and, you know, Christopher Lloyd walks by and like, no, I'm giving my time to my fans. But also there's Christopher Lloyd right there. But no, this is, I'm dedicated. Um, yeah. Are you a big Christopher Lloyd fan? Yeah. Oh, my God. Uncle Fester. Back to the Future, of course. Uh, he was the godfather of weird in the 90s to grow up with. Oh, and Roger Rabbit when he talked just like this. Oh, my God. It gave me so many nightmares. I hope we got that. Remember this moment. Remember it. Remember that. Like, remember it. Yes. Yes. Do you have? I do this when I have boners. Do you have your pillow on your lap because I'm yeah, making I can't stand you up. happy? You, you can't are. stand up. You're going to poke my eye out. Wait, remember this moment about Christopher Lloyd. Just remember it. Okay. Okay. Why is he going to jump through that door and throw his <laughs> wiener in my face? He's been here the whole time. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> 45 minutes. Christopher Lloyd's been hiding in the closet. How much did that cost? <laughs> like, finally, you hit the trigger word. Christopher, come on out. Yeah, he's dead. <laughs> What the hell is the story that you got shot at in an abandoned hotel? How are you? 
You just heard about this? You never told me this. I, how have I not told you about this? I don't know. Yeah, I did. And it was really scary. And I still am in touch with the people I was with when that happened. Like, we talk about it from every now and then. We'll, we'll It'll come up. Yeah, so kids shot at you. Kids. That's really... <laughs> if there's one thing scarier than someone holding a gun at you, it is a child, child holding a, a child. <laughs> a child. Period. <laughs> they don't need the gun. Uh, no, yeah. These were, and these weren't just children. These were, like, angry like 15 16 year old boys like particularly like hills have eyes children you know what i mean like in the middle of nowhere <laughs> shot and it wasn't it wasn't just guns it was like a uh, shotgun oh uh, one of them Double had a barrel, shot, one, of, said, one right? of them had a shotgun yeah and then one of them had i believe a handgun i i, I can't remember exactly but yeah there was about f- three or four of them and were they trying to hit you no, they weren't trying to hit. I mean, they were trying to scare us, but I was trying to call their bluff and say that the gun wasn't loaded because I don't know why. I, I distinctly remember in that moment trying to be someone I wasn't. I was trying to be brave, but like for vanity reasons. Like I was in front of my friends and I was trying to look like I I was the smooth talker. And I just tried telling him, like, no, actually, my dad owns this land. You're the one. Because in my mind, I, I'm think, I, I'm projecting onto them that they're the kids of the owner of this property. But I'm like, for all they know, I could be that. So I just, I was like, no. And I guess they, they knew I was lying. <laughs> and so then maybe they were right. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I will never forget. And, and just, you know, it's, it's a long path. You can't see the hotel from the road. You have to take a long hike through hills to get to the hotel, which makes it extra creepy. It's because by the time you get to that hotel, you're quite in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by hills. So there's no vent. You can't see civilization. You're just, it's like the Teletubby land where it's just nothing but hills. So if, if you run into any form of, and that's what made the hotel so thrilling, was that anytime we were there, we used to go there all the time, especially at night. And it was scary because if you ran into anyone at the hotel, there was no help anywhere around. You, no one would hear you. Did you ever run into other people there? Once we did, but it was it was just like other people like exploring. Other yeah, like other other kids. Yeah, we were kids. I can't believe it. We were like teenagers still. But um, that was the last time I ever went to that place. And uh, yeah, I have no desire to ever go back. Uh, and I, I remember they escorted us. I'm, I don't know if I talked. I think I talked about this in, 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 in the Comedy Central thing. But um, they like had their guns raised in their quad following us back to our car that whole way. Like, like behind us as we're walking. And I remember looking at my friends as we're walking and just seeing them. They were just staring at the ground with this face of utter fear. And these were my friends were funny people. Like they were always, you know very rambunctious and outgoing and to see this look on their face i mean i'm willing to bet none of them had clean underwear and you hear this the grinding of the quad over the gravel behind us very close to us as we're just walking down this seemingly endless path back to our cars as they're just holding their guns out at us like this on the quad and i'm thinking if they hit a bump in the road if they yeah like where are their fingers is it on these are fucking teenagers i don't know how how safe they are with this shit um so yeah not a lot it can uh, has scared me as much as that uh in my life that was i never in my life did i think i was going to die for such a long period of time i was like and then i'm thinking to myself as they're walking us back like what are their motives like well they're walking us back to our car so they're not like it'd be one thing if they were leading us further into the desert you know but they're walking us back to our car but their gun like i would i was even 
like afraid to look back. You know what I mean? To see if like I don't want to give them any reason to. Oh God, yeah. It's um. I hope I hope you know no one has to go. You know, I hope I don't have to go through that again. Holy shit! But I've heard the hotel is still there though. We had a slaughterhouse in my town. A slaughterhouse. Same kind of thing where it was like you had to take a trail all the way back and it was pavement from when the slaughterhouse was active but there was nothing around it for miles and the story was that this guy named alan in new jersey owned this slaughterhouse went crazy and killed everybody on the premise and you go to the slaughterhouse and then there's this other house kind of near it called the poison house and there's a sign on it that says like radioactive do not enter oh that's so cool so the poison house was there the slaughterhouse was here and then if you keep going further up the trail there's probably 10 to 12 houses where the help used to live oh. and his family used to live. And in one of the houses was a ho- a baby horse skeleton in one of the rooms. And in the slaughterhouse was everything. They had the big freezer. They had the pig pens. They had the chicken coop. It was wild. Yeah, that's We can't have shit like that in L.A. Mm-mm. Because if something like that exists here, it's been demol- like filmed in, graffiti, destroyed. I love that about. Was it a smaller town? Yeah. Yeah. See, that's saying. Why well, I love that about small towns because those abandoned places are like preserved gold mines, yes. and the people like only who, the kids would ever go. Right, and it's almost met with a sense of respect that a lot of the people who would go there wouldn't demolish it. It's like a, like a kept secret, you know. Where do you get your dark humor from? Somebody asked that. You know, I want to say I get it from my because my family's all very comedy based. They're all like a lot of them are very uh, are like my dad especially is really funny yeah but your the, dad came on set one day when i was filming that's was right. such a good time yeah you met my dad um but he's not dark and and uh no, he's like goofy fun yeah he's a goofy funny guy i don't know where i get my dark because I, I and i've always been very dark even like when i was a kid i remember like not being afraid to joke about death not being afraid to joke about things that people would otherwise find traumatic or upsetting and i don't know why specifically like i i can i I don't know i mean if personally i think if humor personally i think the place that humor is needed the most is a funeral and i i don't know i don't i don't see things that are macabre or depressing as like nope don't make fun of that don't that's too you know that they're going through a process don't don't I think humor can be peppered tastefully in even the darkest of times. Is it safe to say your funeral is going to have fun in your funeral? I want to be suspended on wires. I want to be in everyone's hors d'oeuvres. I want a little bit of me to be in the food at my funeral so everyone goes home with a little bit of me in them. So are you in the coffin and in the food tray? We'll have to do a little bit of each. I think the coffin's fine from the waist up because they, they usually, sometimes they close it half, right? Yeah, they close the bottom half. So I'm just going to be a fucking stump beneath that. And then I, <laughs> and then uh, the rest of me will be in the hors d'oeuvres. My penis will be hidden somewhere and whoever finds it uh wins my balls like an easter egg (laughs) easter eggs um now what are they gonna do with my butthole i don't know that's a party favor for sure but who's gonna get it you want my butthole sure all right i'll display it right here no you're dying before me so that is not true at this rate you're practically older than me that's not true how many energy drinks are you drinking nowadays Enough to keep me this young. 
you i told my wife that uh i saw you walking to go get your energy drinks the other day yeah and we were trying to figure out what gas station you were going to oh yeah I don't, well they all have the one i like <laughs> i can go anywhere and it's there <laughs> but they're not sponsored so um fuck you your videos are completely storylined do you ever get writer's block mm-hmm. how do you overcome that walking helps going for a walk Especially, especially in this neighborhood, like we, we, we live in a very, I'm not going to dox us, but I think it's safe to say we live in a very walkable neighborhood. It's nice. There's flowers, there's trees. and Do you do that to clear your head or you do that to do your thinking on it, the walk? It's, you know, when you're out and about, actually driving, you can do the same thing too if you feel like driving. Um, it's seeing new objects triggers your brain, on, like whether you like it or not. Just if you're in your house all day, you're looking at the same things and it, Sure, it could trigger your mind into thinking things that are creative, but I think being out in public, you're in an uncontrolled environment. The things your eyes are going to be looking at isn't necessarily yours that you've curated, like in your own home. So all of a sudden you're seeing this strange looking person or a red car. It just gets your mind thinking in ways that it wouldn't have been pushed to pivot when you're home. You know, So I think just getting out and experiencing the world, um, just just anything besides a setting you created can get your brain th- and it usually does also he- walking physically getting the blood going through your body helps uh it just helps your brain i don't i, I can't describe your mind your body and your soul are all connected like like i truly believe if you're like re- really good at something usually it's because all three are combined in it somehow you know and um yeah, every I've never half-assed anything that didn't involve my mind, body, and soul, and whole. Would you say that that's your brand in time when you're just doing your walk? Hundred percent. That's when I'm alone with the fucking gods. You know what I mean? Like that's when I'm. Uh, you've seen that movie Soul from Disney with the dead man, when he goes into that place where they're like being creative, whatever that ether is. I forget what that, but it's a real place. That's where I'm at when I'm walking. I'm I'm it's a divine period of of time for me it's 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 a sacred mental state especially when you get in that flow I silence my phone I especially curate the music I'm listening to and I drink a lot of coffee and I just try and maintain if I could be in that state of mind all day I would and but when you do get in that place it's very special um and uh, then you just have to really uh open your mind to all the possibilities the ether can give you you know, especially when you have a story in place, but it just doesn't work. Being in that flow state allows you to better pick a breaking point and where you're going to pivot that story to make it work better. Or as opposed to like, oh, I've been trying to change the ending, but really what I need to change is the beginning. Or what I really need to tweak is this other thing. And so I think, yeah, going out and walking around, making your brain see new things and get the blood going through you. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. When I get an amazing podcast... Or if I have like this crazy guest that gave this awesome story, as soon as they leave and I shut the door, I like, <clears throat> yes, woo! And like, I, I do like this really embarrassing thing. Do you do anything like that when you drop a series? Um, yeah, I, I, how do you celebrate your wins? If I have so much happiness and I can't contain it, I do a lot of, I do this a Me lot. Me too. It's like, mm. Yeah, and I think I scare people sometimes when I do it because I don't announce that I'm happy. Oh, you do it in looks front like of people. I, yeah, <laughs> it looks like I'm angry, and I think people think because I'm like, Argh. like 
it, I guess it's similar to anger because it's like a surge of physical energy that you're like exuding out of you in a way. But I, I can get so happy that I just look like I'm going into a fit of <laughs> rage. <laughs> what was the last time that happened? When the streamies asked you to host? When you guys- I, I did it on set recently. Uh, recently, and I don't remember why I did it. I was really happy for something, and I and I remember doing it, and um, um, and every time I do it, I feel like I go down a little bit lower in my assistant's book because <laughs> he witnessed this very carnal thing. Carnal is that where he witnessed this very raw moment of me, and um, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I love that, and I also feel like it increases the happiness by like celebrating it. It's like you're you're acknowledging it and you're 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 manifesting in a physical, you know, it now exists in the real world. Yeah, yeah. And I yeah, this is this is one of the happiest times of the year for me. I don't know about you, but I love the holiday season in the industry here in LA because everything is shut down. You know, essentially after Halloween, the industry is very especially after Thanksgiving, it's just a dead zone until January. That means that actors are available, sets are available, everything's available. I can be a filmmaker and all my toys are free because no one's being used by Big Daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Do you see yourself continuing where you are for the next? You know, it's funny you say that because before I didn't. This was never the end game. This was always a means to being in Hollywood, to being a film director, being a... But I've gotten a taste of that. And I have a lot of friends who hit their big mark and got a TV show on, on a big platform. And the more in the shit that I am, I mean, it's a great thing to get your own show, but I'm learning that having your own show with a network and it comes with certain elements that, uh, you know, are necessary to be a vessel that large. But I'm also learning the pros and cons of that versus a smaller production that I pay for that I get to upload directly to YouTube, directly to my fans without someone, you know, with deep pockets telling me how to finesse my work for the people watching it. Um, yeah, there, but then again, I, you know, having a show on a bigger level, it comes with a lot of other perks too, but then there's more cooks in the kitchen, right? So to answer your question, did I ever think... I, I'm very... I do think I'm going to in some way or another be making videos for, but the landscape is always changing who knows if youtube is you know is going to be what it is now in 10 15 20 30 years or if tiktok's going to be you know we've seen the rise and fall of giants and the you know the success of unsuspecting little guys you know anything can happen so but i think no matter what happens there's always a place for comedy there's always a place to laugh at it you know I laugh at the world and um yeah, I, I I like to think that if we were this age 30 years ago uh, or even 20, you know, whatever, I think we would just be, we, we, we would be doing something like this, but maybe for public access or for, for radio or I don't know. But we would still, I think, be doing some version of this. Public access for sure. It sounds so dirty, doesn't it? It's so cheap and whorish. Public access. We'd go to the town rec center, shooting in the basement. Town rec center, get wrecked. If we'd have our, our wacky little set designs. Our wacky little wrecking public access <laughs> asshole dungeon sex. Chan- Channel 88, midnight slot. Watch us. Channel 69. We'll watch you. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a two-way set. It's a two-way set. <laughs> we'll two-way. see what you're doing at home. <laughs> yeah, pervert. Ooh, that'd be great. A, t- a TV for perverts where it's like it's a pervert. It only plays one channel, perverts, but there's a little camera, and they watch you. <laughs> that should be your next series. Oh, that's series. Omegle. TV for- <laughs> oh, Omegle shut down. 
What's the one everyone uses then? I always see like memes of people still using these. Amigo literally just shut down last week. <laughs> oh, they finally realized that uh, perverts are on it. It's just dicks. <laughs> Is it really? And I'm surprised it lasted this long. It's little kids like looking at live penises looking back at little kids how is this like how has it lasted that long i know i'm surprised it was on for like 12 years i um ended up dating someone for a short period of time that i met on uh omegle really yeah they were near your area no where were they oh my god i i don't drop were, the story they were they were uh in in france and did you meet them yeah in america yeah, they came to America. I met them, and then I flew to France, and I lived with them for a little while, and then wait, what? <laughs> Brandon, I've known you for so I long. I don't talk. I don't talk about uh, uh, your that. perverted adventures. My pervert, my perverted adventures. I knew about your other adventures. I didn't know about this one. I have a lot of lives that I've lived in this lifetime. That's such a good one. Okay, so you went to France. You lived with this guy you met on Omegle. Fell in love. Fell in love. Um, he comes back to America with me. And I say, hey, I'm in college. If you want to be with me, I got to. This is a big part of my life. I'm in college and I'm doing this show called Theater Class. And he was very supportive. He enrolled in all my classes with me <laughs> and lived with me here in America. And um, yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, yeah, we, we, we eventually broke up. But did he go back to France? Mm hmm. Yeah. But. It was a great year of, of like an alternate reality for him out here. He made a lot of friends and um, was he nice? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, he's as, he's French, so as nice as he can be. But uh, <laughs> he's no, he was very sweet, and his family was very welcoming. They let me when I lived over there. They they treated me like one of their their own, and there was a lot of really good food over there. And I I missed. I actually I think that's what I miss about him the most. We we've been the restaurants that you ate at. <laughs> no, the food of his I ate at. He uh -huh. would always cook all the time, and he made so many things. Foie gras, quack masseur. I can't say the the. I don't know how to print, but all kinds of things you could do with duck liver and cheese and bread and balsamic, which is different from balsamic vinaigrette, which I learned. Balsamic is sticky and poignant, but uh, yeah, I I. Smoked a lot of cigarettes. He got me into smoking. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've had a, a, I, my French era is one I don't visit in my mind very often. <laughs> I can't believe you moved there. And then we went to Spain because it's just you just drive down and you're in Barcelona. And we did you film any videos over there? I did. Yeah. I, I are I, they on your channel? I think so. Oh, how did I miss this? It's like I mean, this is back in two thousand. Six or seven, right? Mm, it was like 2010, I want to say. Wow. Yeah. To finish this off, yeah. and don't candy coat it. If your entire channel got deleted and you can only save one video on there, what video is it? Oh, I, f I feel like a day at probably a day at the beach or a day at the or the Power Rangers. I don't know. Only one. It'll be the one that I would have uploaded by oh right now if it happened right now because I could upload tonight all my videos in one video. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> your entire channel gets deleted. You lose your hard drives. You only have one video that can be saved on YouTube. You really liked saying that. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I think I think a day at the beach. I think a day at the beach. Because it makes me happy. I, I remember being there at the beach. Like It was fun. It was a fun video. And I think if I had only one video on my channel to rewatch over and over... That would be the one because it takes me to a better, like, 
a better place, both like time and and place. You know, that was just a very happy. It was nine days, and we had a blast. And then uh, whatever, uh, one of the fucking ones we filmed. I don't know, but wow, <laughs> we filmed at the beach, and that was one of my favorite days filming with you too. It, it was. It, I I want to film more stuff in places I enjoy being at. I think that's what I'm going to do differently. Do a, a video in Big Bear where you rent a cabin for the weekend. That would be really fun to do. I, I want to come film it. I've been wanting to do a video in the forest for We a could while. do a horror movie style one. Oh, that would be really fun. I'd, let's do that this winter. That'd be so fun. I'd be down. Yeah, let's do it. Me and Ilya, who used to do this podcast, we rented a cabin at Airbnb and we got like... It, it must have slept like 15 people. Because all of our friends were coming out, but no one came out. It was just the two of us. <laughs> but it was really fun because it was snowing. We went snowboarding. It was this beautiful cabin. You snowboard? Uh, yeah. And we ice. We were so isolated. It was the best time. Oh wow! And it has like the cabin town vibes where you can go get hot cocoa and there's snowboard shops. This is in Big Bear. Yes, it's such a good video setting. Holy shit! We should film there. That'd be so fun. A I horror w- movie. I would love that. I I really would. You know, people have been approaching me for horror lately. Why? I don't. I got. I got approached to direct a horror film, and I haven't made up my mind yet if I want to or not because I, I really do want to. But How, I, I don't know. If, huh? Is it a big commitment? Yeah. And I, I, as much as I want to, I, I. But but then you mentioned that, and then and then uh, Liam was mentioning horror to me. It just horror has been coming up a lot lately, and I'm just like, hmm. I kind of do want to do something scary, but we'll see. Brandon, that would be so fun because it's like such a cool setting. Let's do it. Let's do. It. I, I'm. I, Winter time, no one's doing anything. So let's let's do. Uh, I want to. Ha- it needs to have a hot tub. It had a hot tub in the backyard. Yes. It had a grill. It had obviously the kitchen, a pool table. It, it, there's like a bear skin on the wall. It was the perfect horror setting. Oh my god! Did you ever see that movie? The guy. It's that same setting. It's literally that setting. Hot tub time machine. No, no. <laughs> I think some guy goes to. Rent a cabin in the woods, and his timeshare guy is there, and he ends up. It's like, oh, it sounds really familiar. Wait, keep going. Wait, what, what happened? He ends up like wearing a mask, and he like hits the guy over the head with the axe. Yes, I. I not know intruder it. or not stranger. It's like a one-word movie, but it's really good. I know what you're talking about, though. But all those, all those movies are just. They they get under my skin because I have to, you know, I live by myself and I'm convinced every night there's a rapist upstairs. And is it? Do you live in a two two story? Yes. So the rapist is in your house upstairs. And upstairs, yeah. Um, do you go check it to make sure that no one's there? Hole first. <laughs> no, I I but I am scared. It does get scared because you'll. You'll hear something and you go like, "Oh, I know no one's here." Do you ever want to get afraid that you have dementia, like, and it's you're actually eighty, and you're like, like if you fart or you piss or something, and you're like, "Wait, okay, I'm in my bathroom in my house. I'm looking for a reflection. I'm this year old. Okay, good. I, I'm not." Because sometimes if you have dementia, they'll be like, they'll think they're twenty or something, and they'll be like, "Like, oh, I'm just pooping in my house," but really, no, you're at the library and you're eighty. No, I've never checked that before. You should always check your reality. <laughs> okay. Always yeah. check your reality because, yeah, I and I, every time I look, okay, good. I'm still this age. All right. Wonderful. Hey, well, Brandon, thanks so much for coming by. Thank you. If there's anything you need a pixel, I'm sorry. I'm just now noticing on this angle here. It wouldn't be the first time you showed yourself on YouTube. Yeah. I, and actually, it's not. 
I I've had to take I've had to uh, remove uh, my penis several times at the hotel in that video, right? Yeah. Wait, so I, I told you about that. Yeah. The London Hotel, right? Yeah. 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 And then I uh, one I screenshotted it before you changed it. It's my background. Nice and it was nice and big that day. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> All right, guys, go leave this video a like, comment something nice for Brandon. He needs it. Yeah, I do. I need it. And Thanks. go subscribe to his YouTube channel. It's really awesome. Go watch blame the hero series you don't have to watch anything else but go watch the blame the hero series leave a thumbs up on it and say this was shot really well yeah that's yeah. the one i shot joe needs it i need that one all right i love you guys lightweights out out oh 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 my god it looks like our cups came from the same uh, i was just noticed on our, it looks like save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.